Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, He Left Not Himself Without a Witness. It shall be focused on the study of Acts chapter 14. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You said, We shall be Your witnesses unto Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the earth. We pray, Father, thanking You that You've made us Your witnesses and have not left Yourself without a witness. We pray, Father, may we live up to the billing today and may the world see Christ in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Acts chapter 14. Chapter 14. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude both of the Jews and also of the Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully, and to stone them, they were ware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lycaonia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who, steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lycaonia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter, and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and, having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, and to Iconium, and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. 
And when they had ordained them elders in every church, and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord, on whom they believed. And after they had passed throughout Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Adaliah, and thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come, and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Up next we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Harvest Time. This was preached in 1964 on December the 12th. We'll begin at paragraph 280 up to paragraph 311. I trust you find it to be a blessing. But then as Eve, she met her fall on the word at Nicaea, Rome, where the first organization was ever organized, the Universal Christian Church. Is there a Bible scholar in here? Is there a, is there a theologian in here that knows that's the truth? The first organization was at Nicaea, Rome. God never did have an organization, never will have one. That's man control. That's where we all... I'm a Christian. What church you belong to? There's only one. I've been a Branham 55 years. I never did join the family. I was born one. That's how you're born in the kingdom of God, in your reflection of his word. Notice, Eve met hers, and so did the second Eve met hers at Nicaea, Rome. Gave to it a denomination, creed, accepted dogmas instead of the word, taking down pagan idols like Jupiter and so forth, and put up Paul and Barnabas and, and took down uh, the sun god and the moon god, Estrus, the moon god with round kosher on it, and made her be the mother of the sun god, which is Jupiter, and changed the birthday of Jesus from April, where all nature, where he's born by the ram, because he was a ram. And change that up to the sun God's birthday and the solar there where it makes one day is just only about a minute difference in the day when it passes on the 25th day of December the sun God's birthday not the son of God and everyone who has placed Santa Claus and decorate trees of heathenism and things like that and they call ourselves Christians what's the matter with the Christian church will there ever rise somebody among us who can preach the word and tell the truth and God vindicated and proved to the people that he's a saint yesterday today man. We don't need a seminary. We don't need a theologian. We need a prophet. That's right. God promised the two. Then Eve met her failure. So did the church. Gave away to denominations, rules of man, to be ruled by man, not controlled by the Spirit no more. She went away from the Word and accepted dogmas. Who can say amen? Sure. But do you know we Protestants accept as many dogmas as they got? When we add something to this word or take something from it, Satan got her with the same old technique he did Eve. Compromise. That's where he got it. Except something different from the word, a creed or a denomination. The original went on to the ground in martyrdom. The burrs of Rome ground that wheat from Pentecost into the dust and burned them at stakes and fed them to the lines. They went in like the other wheat did. That's right. But he began to raise her again in the Reformation. The same one, the second time, like he did the second Adam. After Adam fell, he began to raise the second Adam. And the second Adam fell, then was taken up. The first Adam fell in his sin and stayed there. 
The second Adam fell to redeem a man from sin and was taken up. Now the first church fell at Nicerone. First, by one word of truth out of the Bible, where the Roman church had added their dogmas and creeds, there come a little priest by the name of Martin Luther who said, this is not the communion, this is not the body of Christ, it's a kosher. And man that just shall live by faith, and he threw the thing on the floor and protested it. There comes your first star shining after the Thyatira age. Yes, sir, justified by faith. He, the great sculpture set up to make a masterpiece bride that would reflect his word. But what did Luther's do after the death of Luther? They met Satan and made a denomination out of it and died. She never done anything else after that. She's done. Just become a great mass of people. All right. Then God picked her up again. In the days of John Wesley with another truth to reflect. What did he do? He said, sanctification is the second work of grace. And what did God do? He blessed it. And he protested the Anglican church and the Swingley church and all the rest of them. And all the legalists and all the Calvinists. The Calvinist rather, and protested it and, and said that just shall live by faith, said Luther, and the second work of grace is sanctification. And that's true. That's right. See? Then what did he do? Same thing after the death of Wesley and Asbury and them, same thing that Luther did. Organized, died. Look at it now. Went there, you're not long ago to pray for a woman in a hospital going on an operation. I went in there, she said, Brother Branham, I called you, you don't know me. She said, but would you pray for me? I've got to have an operation in the morning. I said, certainly, sister. There's another man, a woman, and a boy sitting there, about an 18-year-old boy, and they was watching me real close. And I turned around, I said, would you pardon me? I'm going. She said, pull that curtain. I said, aren't you a Christian? She said, we are Methodists. I said, that wasn't what I asked you. I asked you, if you're just Methodist, I'll pull the curtain. If you're a Christian, you don't want the curtain pulled. <laughs> so, that's right. So there's a lot of difference being a Methodist or a Baptist or Presbyterian than being a Christian. Not being a Camelite, but being a Christian. What did she do? The same thing. Then what happened? God picked up a little bunch down here in the south, a little colored man with a cross eye, and he, what did he do? He poured out the restoration of the gifts, and it became Pentecost. Many of you old-timers like Brother Valdez sitting back there, aged, sage, was preaching when I was five years old. He remembers the early Pentecost. Boy, don't you speak organization of them guys. <laughs> they come out of that nasty thing. And they had the message of God. But what did they do? Same thing the others did. Organized it. Now they've got about 30 or 40 different organizations. One this, two this, three, so mercy goodness. I never heard such in my life. What did you do? You died right on the spot. That's all the farther you could go. Your organization wouldn't accept this. You... You picked your man, this man, if he don't believe with us, don't have him in there. Our fellowship won't have it. Oh. Look, hurry. There must come a true seed. There's just got to be because he's coming for the bride without spot or wrinkle. He's coming for her. A word vindicated bride. Oh, she'll be such a little bitty group. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved. Is that right? So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. How many? I don't know. But see, the bride's going to be made up of all down through it had the Word. And they're aged. It's not just this last group. God's going to take the whole thing out here. Oh, no. It'll be, be so small, it'll be surprising. They'll come up missing. You won't even know they're gone. What if you took 500 in this last day? You'll never know it. Took 500 in a few days' time, two, three days. There's that many people comes up missing across the world. Don't even know where they're at. Never hear nothing about them. 
the secret coming of the Lord Jesus should be taken away. The rest of them go right ahead preaching just like it was in the days of Noah. Glory to God, we got it, hallelujah, and sealed to their death. That's what the Bible says. And it can't fail. As Noah, Moses, David reflected the coming of this perfect bridegroom, so has Luther, Wesley, and Pentecost reflected the coming of a perfect bride. Notice, each time she indicated, what did she do? Each time this church, like Eve did, she forced her Adams to believe her new life, her scheme. And there died with it. We'll, our group will get together, see? Oh, our new blessings are what we found so far. What did this all do to Eve? We just got a short time now. What did this all do to Eve by the first mother church, the first bride to the first Adam? What did it do to her? Now listen close, you're going to disagree with this. But it produced the seed of the servant. Exactly. Her first son was not the son of Adam. If it was, he had the birthrights. The Bible in Jude said that Adam, at the Enoch, was the seventh from Adam. Is that right? And it starts out, Adam begot his son, Seth. What about Cain, which had the birthright? Wasn't Adam's son? Seth and Seth begot Jared and on down to Adam, which was, on down to, which was the seventh from Adam. Then if Cain was his son, there's not one place in the Bible, even in Luke, when he refers back to it again, he never refers to Cain being the son of Adam. If he wasn't, whose son was he? If he was the son of Adam, he was his first son, which had all the birthrights. Oh, there's that church carnal. Can't you see it? That accepted something but the adultery instead of the word? Pentecostal people. Bless you. All right. What did it produce to Eve? The seed of the serpent. What has it done in this life stage by denomination? Produce the seed of the serpent again. Rejecting the word. What do you offer? Fruits and things, not the blood. Oh, by revelation of the word. God's word before it's even written. Abel by faith offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than that of King, which testified that he was righteous. The word reflected itself to him by his offering. King oh, went and got fruits of the field. He thought that Eve eat an apple. Most of the theological seminaries have changed that now to an apricot. It was an adultery, and anybody knows that and knows the Bible. Sure, uh, notice, the serpent's seed was produced by the first Eve getting away from the Word. The second Eve done the same thing at Nicaea, Rome. And what has she got? A bunch of denominational children. That's right. Oh, morally good, sure, fine. But what about it? Dead to their creed. Same now. Cain's revelation of the Word done the same thing that these had. What promised her at the end of time? What promises this Eve now? Listen close now. Close. What promised to this Eve at the end time? Riches. Lady Osea. Great name. Great person. Rich. But dead and naked and don't know it. That's what the church age ended in. But she denies the word. To make Matthew 24, 24 real to her, she tries to move in with a lot of noise and a lot of this and a lot of social standings and things like this, trying to say, well, we got power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We got power. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, so close that would deceive the very elected. How can a man dance in the spirit and speak in tongues and deny the word of God being the truth and be the Holy Ghost? It just can't be done. Every word. God says one thing, that's just exactly what he means. Don't interpret it no other way. The Bible says that it's of no private interpretation. Say it the way he said it. 
as you get towards the end of this episode we end with the word of prayer heavenly father we thank you that it's harvest time and you said the work is is laid out before us a whole lot of it but the laborers are few may you enlist us into your service today and for any maybe that are not serving you as they should may your Holy Spirit, convict them and bring them on the paths of righteousness that, Father, we might be found working, working for your kingdom and not our own. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Stand up, Christian, march on ground.